That's our intro. It's not the intro. You can't delete our intro. I can delete the intro. I've been gone for a week, and I can guarantee you that the intro is going to be better when I wasn't here. This is going to be the intro. Well, this is now the intro. So, there you go. This is not the intro. This is the intro. Thanks. Hello, everyone. I'm back. And by me, I mean one third of the triad that is Kentucky Commons Radio Hour. This is David Satterley. I'm joined by Michael Moeller, as always, and John Renane, who still needs to see his therapist. Yeah. Um, but we're here again for another week. Um, I hope you all enjoyed the episode with Kinsey Bernard. We've gotten a lot of positive feedback, uh, A, yep. from Kinsey, but then also from you not being here. So Yeah, I, I took a quick listen. I heard I was fired in the first two minutes, yeah. and I pretty much stopped it there. Yeah. Um, we renegotiated our contracts. This yeah. isn't the first time this has happened, so uh, that's just what it is. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to keep showing up until you get an EPO, which is on you. I don't, I don't know if I know the EPO. Oh, well, that's just like a term that like the police use for when I'm not supposed to be around people. <laughs> okay, I get it. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with this. Oh, yeah. So tell us about Austin, David. You uh, went down there for a little business, a little pleasure. Uh, yeah. Mostly well, pleasure. Well, first of all, I got this amazing uh Yeah, if you guys suit. are on our Patreon, you're yeah. seeing David's beaver suit from, what's the name of that chain? Uh, it's Boosie's. Boosie's? Boucher's. Boucher's. That was like Bucky's. It is Bucky's. Oh, okay. I get it. Oh, you guys are making a joke. Okay. You can't joke about Bucky's. You can't joke about Bucky's. Anyway, for those of you on our Patreon, you've got a onesie. Uh, Or I should say, for those of you not on our Patreon who can't see the video feed, David is in a chipmunk onesie. Beaver. Uh, Beaver. Beaver onesie. Beaver. Yeah. The teeth. Yeah, the teeth. And it's, it's a, a whole getup. It's pretty glorious. Yeah. yeah. Did you go through TSA with that, you said? Uh, I thought about it. <laughs> I was going to have to take my shoes off. Yeah. It's a onesie. That would yeah. have been awkward. You should say beavers don't wear shoes. You got, you yeah. got this at the at the perfect time because it's just about to become humid Kentucky weather. So yeah. it's I'm, I'm wearing yeah. <laughs> nothing underneath this. Milk was a bad choice. And yeah. so it's like the onesie beaver suit. But oh. yeah, I would also just uh, say if you want to see this, you should be our Patreon. We have different levels of memberships. Uh, it's patreon.com slash Kentucky Commons. For this low, low price of one Cumberland Red Ale a month. Tip, tip us a few bucks. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, we, we do a, we do an okay job. So if you like the content uh, and also want to be rewarded for the content, three bucks. So what you just saw David do, basically. Uh, the, the beaver suit was open. Hold up, what is that? Don't give it away. Uh, Michael, I did bring you back a gift. John, I brought you back nothing. Thank you. Because uh, you haven't been to therapy. Thank you. Uh, but did bring you back a custom tin tacker from Live Oak Brewing. They're out in Delval, uh, which is a little bit outside the city, but well worth a visit. Yeah. Um, world-class lagers um, made in traditional Polish and German styles. It's like a USA Mecca for like uh, European like style classic beers and Amazing. just other good beer in general. Great. So I did bring you back a can of Grzyski and a Tintac. I've nice gone on record saying that Grzyski is one of my favorite US beers. We tried some last week. Made specifically by Live Oak, I mean. Yeah. Uh, Live Oak I love. I uh, went to visit there once and I need to go back. Uh, I always bother all my Austin friends to send me beer whenever they can. Um, you, you know, when they come to visit, because obviously they can't ship beer. No, you can't that'd ship, be no. that'd be illegal mm-hmm. and frowned upon by certain members of certain organizations. Just, just morally wrong. Uh, but no, this Tin Tacker is awesome, man. Thank you. Um, yeah. yeah, that's super, super yeah, cool. You're welcome. Wow. And some of the beer to match. Uh, yeah, we do have one of those. Well, we'll hang on to that for a little bit because it's a big guy. But, um, yeah, basically, um, went out there, had some beaver activities. Um, <laughs> good, good. Yeah, I, do, just, do, I will say, like, the first few days you were down there, you went to, like, every, like, Texas chain, right? like, store, restaurant. Well, you have, no, you, no, you had a Torchies. Like, you have to go to Torchies. I know. You gotta know. Um, so, like, we have a Bucky's in Kentucky now. Yeah, that's But right. they're across the United States. But, honestly, it's, like, the best 
place you could ever go. I've never been to one. I'm excited. It's to probably easier to get to the Bucky's in Texas than it is to get to the Bucky's in Eastern Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, they're doing one somewhere near here now, right? There's one in it's Richmond. Richmond. Okay, cool. Home of Dreaming Creek. Mm-hmm. So um, basically what you do is you show up to Bucky's and nothing besides money. And you, you leave with everything and no money. Everything you need. Yeah. Period. <laughs> um, uh, they have everything from homemade jams to sausages to uh, just grab and go pork, brisket, whatever, um, and drinks of plenty, camping equipment, beaver suits. Yeah. <laughs> so, what makes it different than Walmart? Honestly, it's, it's just like a, a there's feel. a beaver, Michael. There's yeah, the beaver. There's a beaver. You know, like that little yellow smiley face that Walmart has. Yeah, but a beaver. But is it more truck stop esque than Walmart? I don't know if there were showers there. I, I've never. Well. Okay, I've never seen like a, a shower a in a Walmart. It's a little bit more of like a Americana vibe than just going into a Walmart. But is perception. it? But is it like a amplified version of a Loves or Pilot gas stop? Oh, a hundred percent. So it's say, more that than a Walmart. They don't have an electronics section or a furniture section or like a uh, home goods. So, so it's like a general store gone on steroids. Yeah, yeah, and a beater. It's like if you were traveling in the 1800s and you walked into a town and you had a blacksmith and a merchant and an apothecary and an yes. alehouse, all of those would just be Bucky's. This episode of the podcast so, is brought to you by Bucky's. <laughs> so it's like a combination between like a Wawa and a Walmart. Wawa. Y'all, uh, y'all know Wawa? Walgreens? Uh, Helen Keller? Wawa. More B's, more C's, and more E's, but yes. Um Great time. Have y'all ever been to Wawa? I don't know what that is. Oh, it's a gas station. It's 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 not just a gas station. It's a convenience store. Very nice. Uh, and it's 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 Seven Eleven, but way better. Uh, best sandwiches. I can still taste the chicken parmesan. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we should probably talk about beer at some point on this beer podcast. You guys want to track? You want to crack that Krasinski? That's not a Krasinski. It's not Krasinski. Oh wait, what's this? It's a barley one. Oh. So going yeah, going back to live, live oak anyway. Yes. So live oak. Um, like I called out, they do traditional style lagers across many different nationalities. Um, one of the neat things about Live Oak is um, it's not really like some breweries are focused on production, turnaround time, etc. It seems like intention and quality are first and foremost in their model. Um, that may be a luxury to many other breweries, of course. Um but what they can do is lager for, you know, 10, 12, 24 weeks at a time if they need to just leave, leave it in there, you know, yeah. and, and that flavor just builds and builds and builds. And John, you can probably talk more boy, scientifically about why that makes sense. But yeah, I mean, you know, beer is a living thing. So in a lot of the commercial big beer guys, they actually will run it through like a, either a heat pipe or they'll do some kind of a micron filter to like take out the yeast and just strip all the like living stuff out of it to make it shelf stable. But old school traditional lagers and certainly things like, you know, these barley wines age a lot more like wine, really. The yeast is still in there. The yeast is still active. So even after the fermentation is primarily done, uh, which just means the yeast have turned most of that sugar into alcohol, the yeast are still in there um, and they can live a long time just kind of reabsorbing some of the byproducts of fermentation. So if they're producing things like, you know, esters or phenols or in the case of like that buttery taste, you can get in kind of weird lagers sometimes is a, a chemical called diacetyl. So if you let those yeast kind of sit around at the end, they'll reabsorb those things. So people who know how to take care of their yeast and know how long to let them kind of do their thing before they package the product. That's how you can get some truly, truly exceptional beer. Or you can just put it in a heat pipe and put a bunch of fruit juice in it. So this is Old Tree Hugger Barley Wine coming in at 10%, 12-ounce can, made in the shade. It's, um, it's exceptional. I don't I don't see any descriptions or anything on Untappd. So, David, have you had this before? No. So this it's, is your first it's time. It's very exceptional. Yeah. But I do like how Live Oak, when you get, I guess, a flight or small samples or whatever, they print out this little piece of paper that accompanies the beer. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So as opposed to uh, a general tasting of a flight where you just kind of get the name of the beer and you might have a menu next to you, um, for their selections, they have printed out a tasting notes and guide through. That's super cool. So it kind of, it's unique, uh, but they put it in with each beer that you get. So it's kind of 
guided, self-guided. Um, I'm a big fan of those little added experiences because, you know, I mean, it's a little bit more time probably for the bartender or the it's whoever's good. doing it to take that time. If, but if it, that. Yeah, if, if that. that. I mean, it's, right. it's, good for the con- it's good for the consumer, but it's also really good for Live Oak, and that's for one reason, and that's because it makes a photo opportunity that's even right. better. That's right, yeah. You got to grant that. But this this beer was only available in can. Um, while I was certain it was delicious, I wasn't certain that I needed to kill a whole Down can them. of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, so I brought t- some back to share. Ten second tasting notes since yeah. uh, tasting beer is not great. You say that, content. but it does. So like that's what the show is. We don't have to remind people. Every right. Time. I just think it's funny now. This it's is, like a trope for me. It's, it's it's just tons of caramel, like, mm-hmm. and sometimes you only. But get it's that not out. super cloying. It's really really well well balanced out, and you can tell that the aging is really kind of what's behind that. Yeah, in my it, opinion. Yeah, it looks like caramel. It tastes like caramel. Sometimes you only like get those notes after like longer mm-hmm. uh, barrel treatments and like. Sitting. Well, also if, you know beers to like this to high ABV. What is this? Ten point something? Ten mm-hmm. percent? Yeah, those will be hot when they're young too. Like you'll taste that booze. You don't taste that. Early. Yeah, the booze isn't there. You don't I taste mean, there at yeah. all. It's um, it's quite pleasant. Good head retention. Yeah, five out of five. Five out of five. And I'm not a barley. I'm not a bil. I'm not hashtag bil. Really? Barley wine is life. No, I I don't gravitate towards barley wine. It's just too. I much. get on phases. Yeah. You also drink old English, so. <laughs> hey man. <laughs> Are y'all part of that Facebook group? Barley wine is life. Yeah. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm so. I'm a lurker. I guess I don't really contribute all that much. It is funny because, like, every once in a while, I think for the most part, our friends in Kentucky are kind of the same way. Like, they lurk. But until they're presented an opportunity, and then they'll post in the in the group, and I get a notification. And I was like, oh, that person's in the group, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. Surprise. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like the weirdos, but, like, they're across the state. So we'll see some Lexington people post in there. Are there many Chug like, videos in the Barley Wine is Life? A ton. Really? Yeah. You guys are sick. Oh, yeah, the solo guys are that. sick. Yeah. Uh, there's, animals. there's like whole months of, there was teams and all the I mean it's just it's high politics for sure right, does anybody want to defend the barley wine's life position to me well, is barley wine life it, 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 name a beer style that's like better crispy boys lagers pilsners Ooh. pale ales where's your flavor if I want this like I'll make hot chocolate or I'll like if I want something like sweet I'll, this is just, I don't know. For me, beer is, I take it for refreshment. So you can't drink wine? Well, I don't drink that much wine. I, I like wine, and I can pretend I'm snobby when I drink wine. When I'm drinking this, I just kind of feel like uh, I need to be posting memes on 4chan about Barley Wine is That's Life. That's just how you feel, man. Yeah. That's yeah. Not- I, I would say that uh, the Barley Wine is Life movement is actually a little bit more poetic okay. than the actual All right, I love story Lay it of on me. Like, Barley Wine being life. Like, nobody is claiming that Barley Wine... Maybe, maybe some people are, but, like, the, the point wasn't to say that this is the only beer style you should be drinking. The point is, wow, this is a beer style that isn't very popular, but we love it. Sure. And it should be more popular. And so it was started by Alex, and then all of a sudden just blew up, right? It took a while. <laughs> I wouldn't say all of a sudden, but no, I mean, it definitely took. I, I, I definitely think we're Maybe the, the barley wine's kind of gross. We're the, we're definitely the precursors to the Kentucky Common equivalent of that. Of like sure, the, totally. Kentucky uh, Common's life. Yeah, yeah. yeah Kentucky Common is life. Okay, yeah. so I'm gonna go home and start up a, a Facebook group. I'll be on the I L. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm actually going to do that. So uh, if you're listening to this, check it on Facebook. Our new, our new project, Kentucky, Kentucky Common is Life. If we take on one more project, that's <laughs> uh, a Facebook group. Who yeah. cares? Um, I, love it. I love it. But yeah. all that being said, uh, what my actual like uh, critique of you know barley wines and whatnot is not not many people do them as well as this. Like if this is barley wine, I, I can I can see where you're coming from. My my like consensus is that it's a revolt against the pastry. Like mm. era is like mm. you you go big and you go heavy in sugar and uh, residual sweetness and adjunct and whatnot yeah. and then there's the counterculture. It's like we can make all of that with like caramel, Rolos flavors, totally. nuttiness, all this, but it's no bullshit added. It's just barley wine. So it's kind of like old head, new head versus you know. I can like, get behind that. I think that's where some of the the cult mentality comes from. It's like we we have those flavors, but we don't need to add stuff into it. Um, adjuncted barley wines are fine too. I had I can get into an American few. barley wine sometimes when you, they put those hops in there, kind of late in the aging process to bring out some of those floral notes. Just, that can be fun. That's heresy. Well, uh, you 
Yeah, uh, I'm American. So. I just got. I'm excited because uh, it was just got some straight jacket. Yeah, in Revolution. Yeah, so oh, okay. That's probably Pretty sad. Quite essential. Uh, well, for me, beer is fuel, and this like I feel like if I drink all this, it's so much sugar. And I'm going to go to sleep. But isn't, but isn't that, like, you're saying it's fuel, but isn't this more experiential because you are taking every sip with, like, intent? I'm just trying to get through it so I can go back to drinking this Pilsner. <laughs> are you mad that your gas tank is full? I mean, like, that's, that's a hot take for 2022, <laughs> yeah. my friend. Uh, but, yeah. Some people like double chocolate Doppelbox. Some people like traditional Lightbox. I'm on the light side. Oh, guys. Yeah. So, it, well, so... If you get out to Austin, Live Oak is yeah. obviously a great option. And they do um, barley wine, and they do Pilsners, and they do, like, everything. Well, they do Grodziskis. Yeah. If you want to do Pilsners, if you want to go, like, Lame Jane, John. Yeah. Um, but if you want to not, well. Yeah. No, their Pilsners are great. Yeah, I just yeah. threw out some <laughs> negative connotation for a place that I really enjoyed. Um, hey, drink uh, what makes you happy at the play, end of the day. Play some. Play some frisbee golf frisbee, yeah. you know? I mean, or get Kansas and golf, whatever they call it. Make chugging videos and post them to hashtag BIL. Uh, I was going to segue into Austin Beer Garden Brew. Austin Beer Garden Brew. Oh, I've been there. That's but great. I didn't want to make it negative, so you guys like filled that in. Uh, okay. Because that was amazing. Uh, they've won multiple GABF medals. Um, they have giant like signs that say just pills, pills, pills nice. across their stage. Nice. <laughs> it was awesome. They don't have a single item that's hazy, um, which would appeal to a lot of people. Yep. Great food. Scott Hand smiling on his, down on his I'm right pretty now. sure that's the place in Austin that has like a secret in- employee or re-employee industry employee area nice like, well, it's not a secret anymore <laughs> yeah now it's like <laughs> sure well I mean, millions you, of listeners you, you still have to give the passcode or whatever you have yeah. to know somebody to get in but i'm pretty sure and uh our friend kyle Yan from from goodwood uh i think was the one that told me about this originally that like he's now banned yeah. <laughs> Oops. You just but, outed him. You're, you're a narc. <laughs> I think you still have to know somebody to get in. Sure. But regardless, I, I guess you just you can go in there and, and drink something off the tap for free and just like hang out on nice. couches. It's so it's like a kind of like a green room. Or it something. sounds awesome and I'd love to see that replicated here. I mean yeah, what's totally. what's to stop, you know, West Six Nulu to opening up their upstairs area. Mm -hmm. On a non-event night, yeah, and be like, industry, yeah, just go up, yeah, pour yourself a beer. Are you saying so we should open a speakeasy? Is that what you're telling me? They're yeah, like, let's I'm kind of all about it. I mean, Kentucky Common Speakeasy. Yeah, yeah so we'll fit it, we'll make the new Facebook group. Uh, then we're gonna open a speakeasy. Then we're gonna play in the little beer week. Oh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna buy new chairs. Buy new chairs. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So with your Patreon, uh, please, you can help us accomplish our goals. I bet they have. Uh, nice stools and I, I for one, am just happy that you're mentioning this a week after I was there. Thank you. Well, I didn't want, to, I didn't want you to have too good of a time. Uh, did you? But did you enjoy it though? I mean, it was good. Oh yeah. Did you was, eat? Uh, I did have a little bit of food. It was amazing. Uh, my coworker pretty much ordered one of everything on the menu nice. and then ate it all. Uh, the only other standout place that I went, and it wasn't really a beer trip, but uh, Meanwhile Brewing out there. Um, it's big. It's like like old not old uh retrofitted like warehouse space and then it has a big giant garden with like a whole like kids play place in it and everything like it's it just very texas but I, huge i don't claim to know austin that well but do you know where about that was uh in south congress south lamar okay. type area um on the south side of the city but uh great time uh we ran into caitlin johnson who we had out for the little beer week nice. um, big world small girl yes very fun. Um, she was actually meeting some other people from Minnesota that were Very beer cool. people. Um, we had a great time out there. Um, Austin was a trip, man. But uh, I am so happy to be back in Louisville. Hell yeah. Um, if you've ever been to like cities that are way too big, it's like, you know, it's 20, 30 minutes to get yeah. anywhere you're well, going. Texas, everything is like, yeah. Yeah. So I was just so happy to be like, I need to get home from the airport. How long is that going to take? Three minutes. 13 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, absolutely. Yeah, it's totally fine. Um, and there's been, I missed a lot of stuff, but I know there's stuff going on this next coming week. Well, that's funny because our next, uh, topic this week is Louisville beer events or just events in general. Yeah. I think that's what he was getting at. Yeah. I know. I was just trying to screw up the real, natural transition. Real fast though. You know, are y'all ever heard about this thing that Louisville is like the next Austin? Like, I feel like I have heard that hearing that for mm -hmm. the last couple of years. I, I hope not, I guess. I, I like it for what it is. I mean, we got our so, so saying that it, it, it's like 
obviously they I think they started like to keep Austin weird before we did. No, yeah, that's the thing. Portland, Portland Oregon, yeah, Austin, Texas, yeah. and then Louisville. I mean, we we have to come up with our own slogan, guys. Yeah. But keep Louisville beard. I've I've thought about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so I get um, we have a, a larger audience, but I've been thinking about this for like the last three days. So I'm just going to throw it out yeah, here. Let's do it. But Austin, right? River runs through the city. Yep. yep. Louisville. River runs right along the city. So essentially, if Louisville were to be the size of Austin, it would encompass southern Indiana, yeah, yeah, into Clarksville, into Jeff, yeah. and then that big circle would come all the way around to basically the south side of 264. Yeah. And I think that would be Austin size. But the whole, the whole thing is size, like, it's like the culture. vibe. Yeah, like we got all these... Oh, sorry, indie, I missed like, the vibe. Indie restaurants, vibe? like little craft breweries, our music scene... I hear like, it's good. Okay, when did any of you say the vibe? It's always about the vibe. Louisville's the next Austin. We're not trying to like, whatever. We're not going to change our name to Austin. Like South but South it's Congress. The vibe. South Congress is, is. We don't even have South Streets. We have Fourth Streets and Third. Ones. We have Parkways. We have Parkways and they're beautiful. And parks. Anyway, that's just something I've heard for years. Leave, yeah. And then I've even had people come into Austin for from Austin to Louisville, and they're like, you know what? This reminds me of Austin ten years ago. Yeah. Well, there's definitely a vibe in Louisville, and we definitely got some good stuff going on. Like, it gets more fun to live here every year, basically. There's new things to Austin do. Austin has barbecue. We have burgoo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the uh, burgoo taste stop. Did you guys go down there and try any burgoo at Against the Grain last week? I ate so much burgoo. Yeah. yeah. The most burgoo I've ever had in my life. Yeah. It's like, I, uh, I had probably 40 ounces of burgoo. That's amazing. It was uh, really neat to try everyone's different interpretations. It's uh, loosely interpreted via the contest but uh showed up and muller was already like batting his like forehead with the uh, i had meat sweats yeah and i was like how how could you possibly have meat sweats this is basically chili and then like six cups in i'm like oh no i need an angiogram stat um, yeah i felt so good and so bad afterwards at the same time <laughs> yeah i will say there was one booth they did awesome uh uh however it was gumbo Mm. Like it tasted amazing, mm -hmm. but it was gumbo. Mm -hmm. It wasn't. It wasn't very good. What's the difference? Rice? There was no rice. I think they used like a Chardonnay base, and mm. then they had seafood in it. Okay, so. gotcha, gotcha. Which <laughs> burgoo has shouldn't to have be eaten anyway. Yeah, yeah burgoo has to be made with roadkill. Is that right? It's mutton. Yeah, yeah. That's my that or my my family always joked about that. Shoulder. Um, there were a couple good booths. Um, Several of them did it with a little bit of vinegar base in it, that so it had like a, a little, boo. little twang. So shout out to Against the Grain for yeah, hosting cool the first uh, inaugural, yeah. rather, the yep. inaugural yep. Uh, Burgoo Festival at the Smokehouse. I hope to see it again next year. I bet we will. That's freaking awesome. Um, let's also shout out, while we're just talking about Louisville beer stuff, Gallant Fox tore down a wall in their tap room over in Clifton um, and doubled, almost, the size of their tap room. Oh. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they had... They they had that original tap room, and then they had the other side of the wall, a storage area. Um, over the last couple of months, they renovated the storage area to include like booths. Yeah, but the wall was still there, and they just took out the door, like yeah. like literally just like off the hinges, and so you could walk back there and sit in booths. Well, I walked in there the other day to uh, deliver some passports. Nice, um, and I didn't recognize the place at all. Because even though I had seen the booths there before, yeah, with the wall gone, completely torn out, the place was huge. Nice. Um, the the tape they had tables in the middle of the the, the tap room now. Um, it was awesome. I mean, it completely changes the vibe of the entire place. Yeah, check it out if you haven't seen it yet. Shout um, out to Gallant Fox. They're, they uh, are also opening up a new satellite place out in. Um, well, I wouldn't say satellite. I guess is it going to be more production, right? It's, it's a production yeah. warehouse out in Bullet County. But I mean, there's going to be a restaurant there. Yeah, the food. Like, they're going to have dope. everything. I was talking. Uh, Patrick was in here today. I was talking to him about the food. He's like, yeah. First, yeah. Uh, first brewery in Mount Washington. Yeah, I think. I think they said ever. Or Bullet, perhaps. Ugh, I can't remember. It's, it's Mount Washington. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, in Bullet County. But not, but not even that, though. Like, the Clifton area, watch out over the next few months because they have the other wall yeah. on the other <laughs> side of the tap room. They're but they're again. also going to tear down. And so pretty soon, like, that entire building will be theirs. They're going to extend the bar out. It... It's gonna be it's gonna be such a completely different vibe than yeah. what it was. Well, hey, if you follow us on social media, like go if you're on our I think on our YouTube as well, you can go back to a few years ago and see a video that we did with them, uh, a first pours video when they were first opening. Not even um, open yet. Yeah, they weren't even open yet. I don't. Yeah, I don't think so. It was I can't back remember. in 2020. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, and I think we went in and just got a little pan of what that space looked like and just our tap room, the way that they've integrated into the community. Like people stand Gallant Fox, like they are Clifton's Brewery and they've got a great following. Like, yeah, I'm super happy for them. Yep. And their beer is always incredibly good. Like I've never had a bad experience there. They do good work and it's always rotating. Like one of their like facets is just like you go in there and it's going to be a different tap list than probably you saw the week or the week before. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, just keep things interesting. And especially for like a local, I used to uh, too early, uh, but like five years prior to them opening, I lived about six houses down. Nice. Had nice. I, you know, like <laughs> would have done awesome. that. Oh yeah. I would have been there all the time. To be fair, you've got a pretty good situation where you are now. Monic and still, Atria. I still, I still and go and there. I, no, I still go there. It's yeah, Logan yeah, Street. But I can't. Logan I, Street, Wild Hops. Yep, exactly. I can't just, just, just walk out the house and go over there. But um, yeah, the, all the best to them. They're working on it and they're making something that's unique. Um, the production side of it too, of like going to Bullet and building up a bigger scenario yeah. and restaurant and everything else is a huge undertaking. So, Well, there are different ways to open a bit, like to start a business. And we can probably, you know, we're kind of bootstrappers or whatever. Um, I really like respect the, so let me rephrase that. There's kind of not only two, but there's two ends of the way to open a brewery. Some people come in with a million dollars and you buy a building and you renovate it and you make it like beautiful and you get a five or seven or 13 barrel system. Um, and you just go, you hit the ground running and you go bang, 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 bang. Some people kind of start as homebrewers and like Roger even just originally, I think had that place to homebrew out of. And was eventually like, well, if I'm paying for this, I, I might as well. That. Yeah, he, that's, he got yeah. it to uh, if I remember, play cards with his buddies and like, you know, just if, hang out. If I remember. His wife was like, get the shit out of the garage. Correctly, yeah. <laughs> really? I've never yeah. heard that Both part of the Patrick story and uh, Roger. That was when wives. they only had the, they didn't even have where they are now. They only had that front little area. Oh. So it was like, you know, it was like that, that room that we just started leasing over there. Yeah. Uh, if I remember correctly, it was their, both of their wives saying, uh, yeah. you have too much stuff in the house. So then they, they got the rest of it so they could have a place for their beer stuff. And then they were like, <laughs> we might as well be able to deduct all this stuff on our taxes and start a little business. So they just opened up the little small uh, nonchalant tap room, grew, 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 got more space, grew, grew, grew. And now they got more space, grow, grow, grow. So I, I love bootstrapped things like that. Yeah. Home brewed businesses <clears throat> are my favorite. Although I love the big guys too. Yeah. I think um, like undertakings like that, though, I mean, they that's going to be a big, big thing to do, especially incorporating the restaurant aspect oh, yeah. and then going into from from a non-debt They're model a whole new business to a now. debt model. Yeah. 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 And, um, you know, but it's good to have something before you incur debt. You know, it's like it's good to have revenue and cash flow before you have to have like a mortgage or not a mortgage payment, but a loan payment every month. I remember who was it like one of the, the local papers or publications around here um they decided to publish an opening date for gallant fox <laughs> oh yeah that's kind <laughs> but like it was completely off base <laughs> and they wouldn't open for another year nice. so and so there were a couple people that yeah. literally like almost a joke every weekend i was working at akash at the time and uh, this guy would come into akash and be like still not open man just tried the doors <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> Uh, was there a was there a wild hops beer going on this week too that we wanted to promote? Yeah, I, talk yeah about? I did see you know on the topic of Logan Street where David lives. Yeah, um, I was really interested in this. Where um, he lives at Logan Street. <laughs> he <Park>. lives at <laughs> Logan Street. There's a little closet by the bathroom. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not going to pretend uh, to know what I'm talking about, um, and I'm going to completely mispronounce this. But um, uh, Wild Hops, who we did a collab with back in February. They created a Gotlandstrike. Okay, I'm buying it. Gotlandstrike. Yeah. Made with Kentucky barrel smoked malt from Sugar, Sugar Creek Malt Company. Oh, hell yeah. And locally harvested juniper bows. Nice. I definitely want to go to oh, that. Oh, there's a pronunciation. Gotlandstrike. Nice. Uh, it hails from the island of Gotland off the coast of Sweden. Oh, yeah, Gotland. Traditionally, it would have been made with a birch smoked malt, but we decided to make a slight smoked variation for ter- terroir's sake. Terroir's. Terroir? Terroir. Yeah. Terroir. 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 I can read. I have to go to words. It's, it's a French thing, uh, we, we started gathering our ingredients for this beer approximately four months ago. In the truest of Kentucky moments, it started with an extra barrel that was sitting around. 
the barrel wasn't quite up to snuff to age beer in, so we found a resourceful way to work with it. The barrel was taken up to Sugar Creek's facility and used to smoke malts in their rustic smokehouse. Hmm. Next, we drove 40 miles east of the brewery to harvest ginger bows. These bows were then taken back to the brewery and boiled initially, uh, and the infused water was then used to steep the barrel smoked malt and the rest of the grain bill. From there, it continued on as a straightforward brewing process with a delicate hop addition and a fresh pitch of farmhouse yeast. Nice. The farmhouse aroma pairs perfectly with the crisp earthiness of the juniper and the subtle smoke smooths out the finish. Uh, it's a... Chapter two. Kvistel or twig beer in Swedish. It's a, is it a, it's a kvike, I'm assuming? If it's one of those like Norwegian farmhouse beers. Yeah, possibly. Uh, it doesn't mention kvike, uh, but... It That's how they make that. It looks like, pretty and I really want to try it. Yeah. Uh, especially if you've if ever had those like traditionally made Norwegian farmhouse beers like that, those were hot. Uh, in the homebrewing community, like right when the Kvike stuff was getting hot um, on Milk the Funk and whatnot, like when was that? Probably like 2019, maybe 2018, 2019. Uh, if you guys want, if you wanted to learn more about the style, the Lars blog guy, I don't know if you guys follow no. him, but he's like a, I think he's Swedish or German. He's like somewhere over there, but he travels all around and he kind of popularized this historic method of brewing that existed basically kind of in the areas all around the Baltic Sea, kind of like, you know, or is that the Black Sea up there? Whatever. That's the Baltic, right? Baltic is Baltic, like Baltic. Latvia, yeah. Lithuania, yeah. Estonia. Um, and that's where they started isolating these uh, the yeast strains that these guys were using. And they were like, this is an entirely different kind of yeast. It's like when some scientist goes into the rainforest and finds some like beetle that's like completely different than any other thing they've ever seen before or something. So those Kvike yeast were just completely, it looks like they split off from the, you know, the genome of the yeasts that kind of got more domesticated in the brewing world like hundreds and hundreds of years ago and have just been kept alive in this little region. I don't even know if that's the yeast I use, so I, I should have gone on but this long But you know what, it, though? <laughs> I will say, I will go on record and say that you, John, brought Kvike to Louisville. Yeah, we did that collab with um, Omega Yeast and Milewide. Yeah. Omega was one. Omega was really one of the ones, besides, you know, the big one. Well, bootleg biology, too, I would give a lot of credit to. Um, and then finally, White Labs, too. And now everybody. But Omega was Great. But you were one of the OGs. Well, I mean, maybe, in, maybe you, in Louisville. In Louisville. Yeah, and even then, not in, even in the homebrew community. Like, yeah. the, the homebrewers had been asking us for that stuff, and I've been trying to find it. So, and then all my everything I know is crowdsourced from. <laughs> and other then people. everybody else started using it. So, yeah, yeah. well, it's, it's a beast, man. It makes like fast fermentation. Yeah. And you kind of got to watch it on the generations, it seems like. It can kind of turn on you. So you want to kind of make sure that your pitches are staying. You, you can't use it for 18 generations? You can. You just want to keep an eye on it because it can go off on you. But a lot of people say that the problem is that you're supposed to let it dry out completely in between uses. Um, they make those cool little like wooden wreath rings and they would just drop it down into the yeast sludge. And then they would pull it out at the end and hang it up to dry. And then instead of pitching your yeast, when you're ready to just dunk it, dunk, you just drop it down into your next beer. <laughs> and that's where the yeast comes from. Uh, and a lot of people say that it, that drying out process kills off the kind of more mutated and weak cells and only the like. Only the strong the survive. Strong survive. Yeah, exactly. So it's a very interesting topic. Uh, hopefully this is interesting to our audience. No, but, you guys are fucking yeah. nerds. <laughs> anyway, and I hate Barley Wine's life people for being dorks, right? <laughs> so look at me. Look at you. Yeah. You want to shout out Bachfest? No, I want to talk about you. You said smoke malt, and uh, we just have to talk about this. I mean, yeah. we, we just did a beer on oh, yeah. Let's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Friday right. with Fall City and Ethereal Brewing out of Lexington. Um, they came in and uh, we're going to go back to Live Oak, but Grzyski, Grzyski. uh Polish style lager i've been um, wanting to do it with cam for uh, over a year yeah we were talking point. earlier too about whenever we do collabs like i always feel like i want to like i want to look at the recipe and just you know have any that whenever it's with cam it's like hey cam just <laughs> you got <laughs> take this. it away man as, oh, as ryan burke said earlier uh, cam is a wizard yeah uh certainly yeah but there, there was definitely some inspirational bits to it um so we made a polish smoked lager heck yeah um That'll be out in the next uh, four to six weeks. It'll be one of our legend collabs. So if you follow the Little Hill Trail page, uh, we'll, we'll start sharing those collabs on the Kentucky Commons accounts and stuff too, just because it's all kind of connected. It's all connected? It's all connected. Time is a flat circle. How all right. Well, it's it's going to be a good beer. It's going to be so, great. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I hope no, you I'm like very, to very, very excited try it. for that. Uh, we, we drank like a couple cups of the wort. Yeah. It's Pretty a little, good. A little, a little smoky. smoky. 
Not not even though it it was kind of just an aftertaste. Um, we should you, serve it with a side of little smokies, or like some cocktail smokers. Yeah, yeah. There might be a special, incredibly pretentious. There might be some pretentious activities going on with the release of this very traditional Polish beer. But you know, I'm, I'm so obviously I'm excited for the beer. We, I've been, you know, we we've been championing that kind of beer style a lot recently. Uh, but I'm also really excited that we were able to pull in a friend from Lexington. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know those Sith Real guys are so awesome. Yeah, so shout out to Brandon and uh, yeah. If yeah. you're in Lexington and you want to be part of this, you know, yeah, if you're in Lexington, listening, if out. you're uh, yeah, yeah, we, you're in Western Kentucky. Yeah, I was about to say not just Lexington. If you're in Western yeah. Kentucky, if, honestly, if you're anybody, if, if from Pikeville to Paducah, That's we right. want you. From the hood to the holler. From the hood to the holler, we want you. Yeah, if you're in Anchorage, Alaska, or or maybe Anchorage, Kentucky. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> It'd be great. No, it was so, a great time hanging out with those guys. Yeah. Um, so we'll get to the release date whenever that's like ready to go. That'll age out for a little while, but it won't be too long. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, good time hanging out. Um, two quick things. Full City has a mash press because you were being nerdy. So now I got to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this this is a mass, eh, mash press. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something like I've never seen before in a brewing operation. Um, maybe you just haven't seen enough brewing operations. Is that like when you have a beer and some candy at the house and you no, that's put a, it in a coffee <laughs> That's a French press. Um, We've also done videos on that on the channel. Similar scenario. Um, but like, I feel like most brewery tours are just like, oh, here's a big metal tank and here's another big metal tank. Yeah. And uh, when this one gets a little pressurized, we push it over to this metal tank and then there's alcohol. Um but really, the brewing process over at Fall City is super unique for me personally. Um, kind of when you get that mash in and get all your dough in and water and everything, uh, what you're left with at the end of the sparge is just a, a tank full of empty grain. Spent grain. Spent grain. Yeah. Um, so the system that Fall City has in place um, is like a multi-plate, like 36 plates, I think, across, and they're like 40 pounds a piece that you have to push into this essentially like conveyor belt, and uh, it pressurizes to about 4,000 pounds of pressure with a backing plate. And then once you're done, uh, you know, getting those initial starches out, you run everything through that mash press. And what it does is it doesn't separate water from liquid when it comes in the tube, once it goes through these, each individual plate has a screen and a filter on it. Mm-hmm. So it runs it through everything and eventually separates like grain from filter, from hole to husk, all down to the water. But what it does is it helps your efficiency grow like, you know, 15, 20 percent. Very interesting. You can literally squeeze every single bit of liquid out of it, out of this press that's pressurized. Um, that's all I wanted to say about that, but it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, man. Look well, again, Cameron knows what he's doing. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, he, he, did you guys do it on the big system or the little system? The big system. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, I haven't seen that. That's thing. why I never on their we use the mash press okay. because it was on the larger system. Hell yeah. 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 They know what they're doing for sure. Um, speaking of kind of traditional European beers, we'll also shout out Bachfest, which is coming up. Saturday. Saturday. So Saturday. you once again will have already <laughs> experienced it Too late. by the time this comes out. But hopefully, it's fine. Hopefully, we have had seen you there in the past. But that's always a super fun event. So we'll report back next week on how it was. Um, but there will be goats. There will be goats. And there will be beer. We'll, we'll edit this. It was great. It was great. I really wish that guy hadn't died. We can, we can just edit that in depending on how it goes. Okay, I see. Yeah, it could be tragedy. Really glad that uh, that keg of beer spoiled and everybody was projectile vomiting all over everybody else. Yeah, or I'm really glad that nice, sweet goat won. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, <laughs> the other topic we are going to talk about, uh, we talked about it a little bit with Kinsey last week and it kind of got all of our... Uh, Wheels spinning. You mean Jimmy's in a Russell? You guys are making so many like references that I do not. Oh, it got our Jimmy's in a Russell. Yeah, Yeah, it got our Jimmy's in a Russell. That's okay. Yes, Um, burnout in the craft beer industry. Like 
I think she has some podcast episodes that she's been or are, has have released. It's again that past present tense thing. I'm not not sure to be if it's come out yet. Not to be confused with Burnout, the video game started by Acclaim Industries in two thousand one. I'm not familiar with that franchise. Okay. Yeah. Well, is it a racing game? It is, uh, and okay. the goal is to crash your car and burn out. Yeah. David, I have a confession. As long as we're on the topic of video games, uh, I borrowed David's Xbox. Um, and, uh, I don't think I can talk about this, so never mind. <laughs> so cut that, cut that, cut that, cut that, cut that. <laughs> Nothing's getting cut. This is the price we pay. Um, do you guys, I don't know. So we work in the beer industry and we actually can just talk about it in general. We like, do not work in the beer industry. We're beer adjacent. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I do to some extent. We're around, John does, beer, John does. we're around beer professionally, is what I'm trying to say. John definitely does. Yeah. I do not. David. Well, David's opening up the jumpsuit. David. He's got, yeah, we're all probably repping I'm an three tees. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I have Gallant Fox up. We're just talking. <laughs> <laughs> Mike has his uh, uh, mile wide nipple clips. Yeah. <laughs> um, does it get tough being around it all day? Like, even, you know, do you ever get sick of it? Or if it's actually not related to beard, like, do you get that sense of burnout at work? I mean, we all do, obviously. And I feel like I just read another thing about the great resignation has ticked up like another 40% with people trying to find new work and moving on to like other opportunities or reevaluating. We're all, we've, we're all having a midlife crisis because of probably the year 2020, 2021. Sure. Anyway, I, how are you guys doing? Well, I think <laughs> my therapist uh, uh, wanted me to ask you guys. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, John's therapist. I appreciate that uh, sentiment. Um, I, I really think that because of those, you know, two years that things were reevaluated on, yeah. on a, at large scale, personally, um, hopefully everyone personally reevaluated at least a few things. Yeah, I think that, yeah. Um, you know, you, you, you have to take time for yourself and make yourself the priority to things. Mm-hmm. Um, as Kenshin, uh, Kinsey mentioned in the last episode, uh, it was good about like how you can be in beer, but be adjacent through like different industries yeah. and you don't necessarily have to be a brewer or a server or anything else to be involved in the industry. And that's super relevant. Um, but then brewing the collab, uh, with Brandon from Ethereal is like, Hey, like, do you, do you have a job? And I'm like, yeah, oh, no, I totally have a job. I'm like, yeah, I took off work. To do this you job, you guys both have incredibly demanding jobs too. Like, well, this uh, job is just way more fun. Yeah, to do yeah, this, yeah, yeah. so I, I I spend my time and effort elsewhere. But uh, the, truly, the part of the trip to Austin was just kind of getting out of the space headspace. Of yeah, just work. reset your RAM a little bit, kind of a little bit. Um, there's there's a big thing with corporations right now where they're just not valuing people's time the nine to five is like an idea that is as old as like did you work for a company and then you get a gold watch like after 40 years but there's like, no it just doesn't ha- exist. I, I would like argue that the nine to five is just dead yeah it's like dead. it's unless you work at like you know um in retail like unless you work at a, like a very if you, maybe if you're salaried it maybe is still a thing oh, like if you're just punching no in, punching no out, no salary is way worse it's worse oh, yeah a hundred i haven't had worse. a job in a long time so no shift, shift work is the opposite of what we're talking about right now shift work would be awesome yeah it's the it's when they get you on that salary that you are now belong to like well you company. have it, and this again this is not all companies because you guys actually both work for great companies sure uh, yeah. everybody can stand up to criticism and stuff like that but I, we all know people um whether we work for them or not that well the may have how would you describe it? No, micromanaging no, tendencies. No, it's not. It's not even that. It's not the micromanaging. So you called out a couple, two different points, right? Yeah. So the salary versus hourly thing. So one one shift work is amazing, but it pays less, mm-hmm. like considerably less. And then salary is a demanding job that you you don't have a true detachment from because your hours are variable as needed. Um, on call, et cetera, um, which I think is the world that uh, both of us, me and Muller, live in and you too, because you take like uh, yeah. homebrew calls all the time. Yep. Um, and I will just say that's been amplified even more when more people started working from home. Sure. The lines have been blurred yep. to what is 100%. What is work and what is home. 100%. Yeah. In 2020, I went from working like, 
like 45 hour weeks to working like 70 hour weeks and then down to like 15 hour week. It was a really unhealthy cycle of like what am being I doing? <laughs> way too overworked and then burnt out. And like yeah. I can't do it. And then going back on like, oh, I'm catching up. So it really uh, messes with your mentality around your productivity too of like, how do I get away from work? And like, honestly, just take the PTO leave. Yeah. Go away. What happens if you just say no or set boundaries? Is that like frowned upon in corporate culture? I'm I'm not a good example of this because I have no boundaries. Like I also work like 80 hours a week. I, uh, I don't live in, I guess what I would say, corporate America. Yeah. Uh, but there is just from what we've heard our friends say, it doesn't have to be from our own personal experience. No, no, I'm, I'm fine talking about whatever, but um it's it's moral in the lines of like if you're a person that's genuine and values your work and values your input you're more apt to put in more effort to it yeah just because you want a good name and like fortune for what you're doing um and i think that's where they get you like Mm -hmm. the the good ones you know where you're just like i want to make sure this goes right even if it means i need to spend an extra two hours on a Tuesday night or something, you know, it's, it's, it's all about what you personally want to get excited about. Like if mm-hmm. you have a job that you really enjoy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but then that is like, you can be grateful for a job and do a really good job for that company. Yeah. Um, but if you have something that you're a little bit more interested in on the side, totally, you're going to be thinking about that all the time. Yeah. Regardless of the fact that you actually really enjoy your day job. And so what happens is for the people that um, have that enjoyment for their day job, but don't necessarily have something on the side. Yeah, that becomes their their whole life, their whole shtick, mm-hmm. and that's not a criticism. Like because because like they always kind of say our culture now they always say that like if you if you have a job that you love, you never work a day in your life, right? Yeah. So it's just the question of like which job do you want to have? I, I don't believe in that though. I think that you work no matter what. I think that, I think Mark Twain put it better. The tri- the goal is to try to make your vocation your vacation. That's like the way of I've always liked to view that. Yeah, I mean, but I can tell you just from working on on Ale Trail stuff yeah. and Kentucky Commons Radio Hour, like what we're doing right now. This is a commitment. I am I am committed. Yeah. to coming into this homebrew shop once a week yep. for three to four hours. Well, we all put in about as much time on like this as we do, you know, on almost anything that's not yeah. like the nine to five. But but here's the thing. Whatever. I don't ever like dread this. Yeah, totally. It's work. Yeah. And sometimes we have really heated discussions just off podcasts, but like sometimes on the podcast, sometimes on the podcast. On the podcast Did you hear the too. Barley Wine is Life segment? Right. <laughs> but like, it's not, sometimes know, yeah, it yeah, can yeah, be yeah. difficult. Sometimes right. it's frustrating. But, but it's you're not like, like being in a meeting like with some fucking dumbass asshole but, boss but like but I used here, to have. But the issue is, or it's not the issue, but the thing is about it, is that like, hey, this is my baby and I right. really care about That's it. That's right. Yeah. Um, some people have that in their lives to where they can care something about this. I'm on a soapbox right now. Yeah. Sorry. But then if you have that quote unquote nine to five, which we all know is more, and that actually is the thing that you do care about, mm-hmm. good for you. Yeah, totally. I mean... I, I also hope that you have something else in your life to balance things out, um, whether it be a, a side hustle or just, you know, being passionate about rock climbing or yeah. something. Yeah. Um, have an outlet. Yeah. Or gardening or like exercising yeah. or like, you know, it's, uh, something else. Yeah. Beaver suits. Beaver suits. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Craft beer. Barley wine. Homebrewing. No. That's homebrewing. Is that for a lot of people? Like that's what it was for me when I had a, uh, like, like soul crushing corporate job and uh commercial credit insurance the only thing all day on my computer i would just watch homebrewing videos and read articles and like whatever and then i'd do 15 minutes of work every hour (laughs) and then like just you know yeah yeah or or honestly like 15 minutes of work a day it's incredibly unproductive and i think employers don't understand that yeah you know if you're if you're in that space where you need to be free to creatively you know express yourself then you need that that space you can't google Google used to do that like 20 percent time or whatever where they'd say 20 percent of the time you're here we just want you to work on whatever you want like some passion project i don't know if they do that anymore they're a different company than they used to be well in the tech world there's it's just all kinds of like productivity killing like practices Mm -hmm. 
and email chains, meetings. Well, we're just getting way off from any <laughs> yeah. beer topic. This is just but a bit session now at this point. No, no, this is your therapy <laughs> yeah, that you paid for. My therapy. But so for uh, lack of better term, scrum meetings or daily stand up meetings where uh, you you meet in the morning, say nine nine thirty. Yeah. You know, basically around the time you come on shift, maybe answer answer a couple of emails, and then you're on a group call with your team, and then your leader. And the obligation is that you're working on something. Mm-hmm. Like, what did what did you do yesterday? What are you going to do today? Mm-hmm. And and you may not know. And the, the, today you just might be like, Dustin's uh, going crazy, so I'm gonna <clears throat> just think about a couple other things I could do. But you're in this group environment where it needs to be like. Oh, I heard so and so wasn't doing anything today, and just like, okay. shut the fuck up, Bob. Yeah. Go back yeah. to your cubicle. Yeah, get like, out of my face. Fine, <laughs> you yeah. know. Like, Sorry, Bob. We love you. But there's, you know, there's other ways to go about. I mean, no, nobody is productive for ninety percent of eight hours. Period. Right? Yeah, like it it's just impossible. doesn't work that way. I got I got fired from a job once because I had. um Google Hangouts was on my web browser <laughs> and like throughout the day I would like chat my friends. It wasn't like I was devoting my time into being like, oh, this is a super serious conversation about yeah. like the fucking hockey game in St. Louis. But it was just like, we we're just bullshitting about it. And my boss came by and was just like, what are you doing? And I was like, talking about hockey. And it was like, <laughs> well, you're not doing this report. And no, I am. I just, you know, just kind of took a five second break to like respond to a yeah. message. Like, Oh, I'm building corporate culture right now. Well, no, I mean, like, literally, that was I'm team building. That was the fireball offense. It's just like, you're not focused. And I'm it's like, bullshit. I'm totally focused. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm taking a brief break so I can clear my mind for a second, then go back to this. And like, the last big corporate job that I had years and years and years and years and years ago, we had like, it was in a big building and they had one floor that they were renovating to like, try to lease out to some other company. And so there was a bathroom down there and nobody else was on that floor. So I just go down there and lock myself in that bathroom and nap in the floor. For like a couple hours a day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Turn out the lights. Do we have any other topics we can talk about? No. Do you guys, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I don't know. If you guys are out there listening, if you have thoughts on this, we'd love to hear them. Um, yes. Yeah, I don't know. Is this, are we, I don't think we're alone. Like, I think this is a thing no. that everybody is feeling right now. Even if you're in management, I'm sure you're feeling this too. Just to, to put a bow on it, it, it is a little bit harder if you work in the beer industry to, to unwind because and oftentimes that means drinking right that's a good point yeah yeah and and that means drinking and then like i know plenty of beer people that will go to like a wine shop because they know for sure that's something they can enjoy not know too much about yeah and chances are they won't run into anybody right they know (laughs) yeah Yeah. so it's it's like how they unwind instead of drinking beer though it's it's wine yeah 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 or just having, like you said, like other things to do, like, uh, or even just go drink beer in Austin instead, instead of Louisville. Like, yeah. it's, it's something else. Yeah. You're in a different spot, different mindset. You're not. Um, I I love everybody in this town, obviously, but I can't go to a brewery at this point and have like right. just yeah, anonymity time and to myself. Beer. Yeah, right. I go to Barrett. Bar. That's fine. Like, like, I'm, I just I'm go not complaining. Like, yeah. Uh, but that's just right. the reality of it. Yeah. My tip is if you want to go to a brewery and not be bothered, just show up with a laptop, open the deck of the laptop, and literally just put on sunglasses and a beaver suit and with headphones the, with, the, with the head headphones. with the hoodie up and a beaver suit. Where you put your thing up? Okay, 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 okay. Don't, no, Don't David Saddle is not yeah. here anymore. Oh, where? This is Bucky the this beaver. Bucky the beaver. He's busy. I am busy. Well. Another thing you could do is escape reality entirely um, and drink your beer in the metaverse. Oh, I thought you were going to say drugs. <laughs> Heroin. <laughs> Have you ever seen train spotting? It's great. So I ran across this in the, uh, the wide world of beer news today, and I'll save my thoughts on it. And we can get just get your fresh take because I haven't really told you too much about this. Uh, so I have no idea what you're about to say. Did you know, guys, yeah. that the world's first virtual beer is here? Cheers to Heineken Silver. Brewing with... Pe- I'm just going to read this because of how... <laughs> I'm just going to read this. Is this nope. an MTN do yeah. situation? Uh, well, you tell me. Brewing with pixels, not yeast. Heineken, registered trademark, launches first virtual beer brewed in the virtual world. Heineken Silver. I hate it. Amsterdam, March 17th, 2022. PR Newswire. 
Heineken today launched its first brand new virtual beer, Heineken Silver, exclusively in its virtual brewery within the immersive digital platform, Decentraland, which is, I think, uh, one of those like open API, like NFT exchange, you know, uh, places. Yeah. In the real world, Heineken is known for its uncompromising quality, refined from decades of brewing innovation. Now the same brewing expertise that made Heineken, registered trademark world famous, is undergoing a high-tech transformation to take on the metaverse, one pixel at a time. Heineken has always been passionate about natural ingredients, but in a metaverse, it's all about the finest 100% computer-generated ingredients. Our special A yeast, usually brewed in horizontal tanks, has been replaced with A pixels. No, I'm going to stop you. This Forget is hops. Sorry, no, this no. is you should get to the good no, part. No, it's bad. It's so get to the good part. Forget hops harvested in the fields. Virtual Heineken Silver is brewed with binary coated hops grown by NPC, non-player character farmers. Uh. Of course, the whole virtual brewing process is overseen by Heineken's dedicated virtual brewing assistants. Digitized stand-ins for our star brewers. I, whenever you hear me emphasize a word, it's scare quotes. These elements come together to develop a completely unique beer that visitors to Heineken's virtual brewery in Decentraland will be able to see in a virtual world. If only they were able to 3D print the product, they'd be able to hold it virtually and taste it themselves. Heineken no, registered trademark this. silver in the real world. Listen, yeah, that's I, it. I'm not a, I'm not a, a freaking boomer. Like I, I understand this NFTs is stupid, right? And and metaverse stuff. I yeah. embrace culture and and, and <sighs> you know Ethereum and Bitcoin. Like I get it to an extent, and I'm fine with it. But all these brands and organizations that are jumping on it, not to be part of the actual like blockchain experience, but rather just to get out a new like press release out there. Like Miller Highlight just did this yeah. during the Super Bowl. Like they created a virtual bar so you can drink a virtual beer with your virtual friends. And then, oh, hey, also it's redeemable for a real Miller Light in the real world, however that works. I. I hate all I of this. I hate it. This yeah. press release makes me want to put a, like, want, makes me I, want to tell let me see, let me, Actually, let me see that, though. It's so, so cheesy. You know what, though? Like, Goodbye, I, I will say, <laughs> David's out. As somebody that, like, I write press releases. This is my job. This is a bad press release, Heineken. Yeah. Like, it's like, it sounds like uh, you're trying to promote, like, a, I don't, like, a high school play? No, even that would have more um, integrity to like, it. Like, it's long. It's really weird and full of bad jokes. And it says nothing. Like, and what it says, is it? I, Why? Yeah, you, you read that for two minutes, and yeah, all I got was, nothing. this is something I don't want. It said buzzwords that make me cringe. And again, I'm a huge supporter of cryptocurrencies and NFTs and uh, decentralized finance and Web3 shit. Uh, this is going to ruin it. It, it really would. I mean... This is why people don't take it seriously. Exactly. You know? You just see people, oh, it's just a cash grab. It's just a scheme. And a lot... Because a lot of it is. A lot of it is people just coming in. Um, but, you know, again, maybe these are the first adopters. Like, maybe this is Pets.com. So, like, like back in the web boom. Their boilerplate here, Heineken Silver is brewed with 100% purified pixels. That makes me want to kill. Triple filtered of- through firewalls. <laughs> so fucking- yeah, yeah. <laughs> uploaded with 5 million megabytes per second. Jesus Christ. For more information on the product, which is fake, by the way. It's not real. Please well- contact the above and product fact sheets can be shared. Gary so, V is like cringing at us like, right now. It's a thing. Like Gary V, when he was first talking about NFTs, was like, "Huh, that seems like an interesting concept." This thing represents the blockchain, and you can own that. Yeah. And cool. Like it's it's very unique, and that, that makes sense. And now we're just talking about like this, like detritus. Like yeah. I'm gonna, you you can't. I'm angry <laughs> right now, and I'm going to crump, eat this paper, dip it in my microdose from Atrium. And probably eat it. A non-NFT rage. Like, I hate this shit so much. So for those of you on our Patreon, you can tell that Michael is now eating the press release. Like, this this paper press release? Yeah. What does it taste like? Rage. It's, whatever it is is better than fucking Heineken Silver. Do we live in a simulation? Is this all like a... Uh, I was really surprised that you guys were talking about this after two minutes because yeah. um, I wanted to leave. Um, <laughs> but I'm also, done. But also, um, the person I don't like that much, Elon Musk. Um, oh, I love Elon. Yeah. I'll stand Elon. Good for you. Yeah. Um, really did come out with a quote this week about, um, do we live in a simulation? He's like, 
Okay, well, uh, I just want to put into perspective, in the 70s, we had Pong, which was two yep. sliding bars and a, a little pixel in between, and now we have VR. And if you're not willing to understand that in the next 20 years, yeah. VR will be as close to human life as possible, then you probably don't believe in the simulation. Right. So, well, we're getting there. I don't think we live in a simulation, but again, I don't. I, mean, I don't you, think we live in one. I think we're going to create our own. Well, the, the, then the, the point is, if if it's possible for us to create our own and it's indistinguishable from reality, then it's forty. Well, how do you know that this is not the simulation? Listen, man, it's we're 40. not. We're not a brain in a vat <laughs> situation going on right now. Like we're not Descartes. Like I right. think, therefore, I am. The question would be, how could you prove that you lived in a simulation? It also doesn't matter. Like if we're a simulation or not, doesn't matter. Oh, do the experiences just, th- that thanks, we have. Uh, Cipher. Do the Matrix? Yeah, like, does it really matter? Like, if a chicken tastes like chicken, isn't that good enough? We need to reread the allegory of the cave, I think. That'll be on next week's podcast, Alive. Uh, you can be uh, Socrates. You can be Glaucon. I'll be no, Adamantus. I want to be... The, Actually, I want to be... Uh, who's the sophist? I want to be, the, I wanna be the, the people, the shadow people on the wall. Yeah, totally. Totally. Guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Kentucky Commons Radio Hour. I'm so sorry. We have uh, gone wide and far this week. Yeah, we decided we were going to have a more structured episode <laughs> this week. <laughs> here's, here's where we ended up. So we really appreciate you guys uh, to get a press release. tuning in. Yeah. Well, I would say you went a little further than tried. Um... To all the people watching on Patreon, we hope you uh, have appreciated David's beaver suit. Um, I know we it could come have, back. Yeah, it could yeah, come yeah back. this could be a thing. To everybody else, thank you so much uh, for tuning in, and we'll see you guys again next week. Get out there and drink some good global beer.